Welcome to Drinks at the Doll, episode 23, Kenzie versus Xander and Dawn. You're listening to Drinks at the Doll, a podcast way station for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Chris. And this week, we are continuing our little discussions comparing characters from Lost Girl to characters on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And this week, we're looking at Kenzie. And if you listen to episode 22 that came out recently about Kenzie, Kevin, our, our guest, Kevin Batchelder, who is a co-host over at Tuning In to Sci-Fi TV, he likes to say that Kenzie is the best sidekick ever, period. And in the course of our discussion, we actually had a few minutes where we talked about other sidekicks we might compare Kenzie to. And I edited out the conversation a bit for length. It was, it ended up still being a fairly long episode, but also because it, it's really, it's very genre heavy. We talk about characters from a bunch of different sci-fi genre TV shows. And I thought it would be a good kind of jumping off point for talking comparing Kenzie to characters on Buffy because I do in the course of that conversation compare Kenzie to a character on Buffy. So let's first listen to that discussion we had comparing Kenzie to other sidekicks and then we'll talk a little bit more about how Kenzie compares to other characters on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Now, one thing we didn't kind of touch on maybe to go back a little, I'd be curious from from you ladies, you know, my love for Kenzie and saying the best sidekick ever we know that. What about you folks? Are there other sidekicks you compare her to or you see her as similar to? Since sci-fi was airing it with Warehouse 13, I, I remember seeing on sci-fi channel and also online at around the same time, they kept sort of comparing her to Claudia or, or having her sort of alongside Claudia from Warehouse 13. Because there are some similarities there. Yeah, no, I mean, Claudia is a great character as well, the same way. It, it's another one of those ones I'm sure the writers like to write for because there's not a heck of a lot of filtering going on. <laughs> right. You usually get exactly what they think, so you get, as a as a viewer, too, a little more fun, someone saying what everybody's thinking. And and that's a, also an actress that does a great job. That that role has really grown over the years on Warehouse 13. That's another one of my really uh, favorite shows, too. And And I do see some similarities there, too. I mean, for me, and it's not really a sidekick, but I, I, I think very much the way they impacted the series. I'm not sure if either of you have seen the series Farscape. I have not. I have not either. Okay. After our call, run, do not walk, to put <laughs> it into your queue or get the DVDs. It is one of the most epic science fiction shows, epic romances, epic story arcs ever, so it's by all means worth a watch. But there is a character there known as Chiana. She's a bit of a secondary character, especially early on in the show. She eventually gets a little more prominent. Uh, Gigi Edgeley plays her, and, and she is brilliant the same way a lot of stuff comes out of her mouth that is just, you know, unfiltered. But she does a lot in terms of servicing the story and being there to really let the other characters blossom quite a bit, um, both main characters and other secondary ones. So I, I kind of, once uh, things started rolling with Lost Girl, had some mental uh, comparisons, even though it's not really a sidekick type scenario for Chiana, but she is the same way, very visually right there, um, and you can't miss her in any scene she's in. I kind of have, I kind of feel like Felix from Orphan Black has some Kenziness about him, and because like like you said, it's it's hard to miss him in a scene, 
he gets he gets some of the best lines on the show and he really we see in, in at least in the first season so far you know it fostered a, a really close relationship with Allison and sort of helped her blossom some so he's probably the closest but i guess as far as i think what makes Kenzie such a great sidekick is that really close relationship that she has with Bo and just the love that she has for Bo. And you don't see that so much because like I, I tend to compare Lost Girl to Buffy a lot. I know I'm not the only one, but there, and you know, while I think you could say, Oh, Kenzie's kind of like the Xander. She has, she's really witty. There wasn't that same really close relationship between Buffy and Willow or Xander the way that there is between Bo and Kenzie, I think. Yeah, it's tough. And there are so many natural comparisons to Buffy. I mean, so many shows, quote, want to be Buffy and have that dynamic. Um, yeah, there's some comparisons there. I've heard you folks talk about them on some previous podcasts. And, and, but I think a lot of it is very much just because our brains want to take and put everybody in the, in the categories. Um, and you're right. The, the thing that's very special and, and part of it is because to a certain degree, they are and appear to be sisters. You've got that total and complete commitment to take care of each other there with no qualms about any sexual relationship. I mean, Xander always, you know, was, quote, in love with Buffy or in want of Buffy, whatever you want to say. So while there was a great relationship as friends, there was always part of that at some points in the series. So I love that Kenzie and Bo just look like, you know, and, and we know it now, certainly this far in the series, they would die for each other. Right, because I think maybe Annie might compare... Well, I don't know. She might not. I shouldn't speak for her. But, you know, you could maybe think about Zena and Gabrielle and that really close relationship. But there was a lot of subtext going on in that relationship. And there's not that for, for Bo and Kenzie. Like you said, there's a very clear, this is not a romantic relationship. But Zena and Gabrielle did have a strong connection and would die for each other, I think. No, no, I think that's true. You can speak for me on the Zena point a little bit. If you watch Zena, and then I'll watch Buffy eventually. <laughs> but... uh no, but I think that's true in that in that sense that even though it is a platonic relationship between Bo and Kenzie, it's the same sentiment with Zena and Gabrielle, where especially now this third season they've gone through such a journey that yes, they would die for each other. You know, who knows if you know, it's such a crazy sci fi world, I'm always afraid, what if they kill Kenzie off or Bo off? And I'm like, Ah, it's fantasy. They could bring him back. You know how many times Xena and Gabrielle died for each other and came back? Oh, whoops, spoiler. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it's that kind of deal. So as I mentioned, I feel like Kenzie might be a ready comparison to Xander. I know when I first started watching the show and noticing that characters on Lost Girl could, had some parallels to characters on Buffy... I think the most immediate comparison you can make is Xander because of her sense of humor. Would you say that's fair, Chris? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because even though the other characters on the show, on both on Buffy and Lost Girl, are funny, really, especially in the first few seasons, Xander is the one with the really quick wit, the really good sense of humor, and I think you see that in Kenzie, of course. And so I think what else, what else she has in common with Xander is... This emerges as a more prominent theme later in the series as like Willow gets into Wicca and Oz is a werewolf, but his position as being sort of the, the one without powers within the group. And even though you have another human on Lost Girl in Lauren, you know, she kind of is, is 
empowered in a way that Kinsey is not through her science. She can provide uh, that type of, of ability. So Kenzie, I think, and especially we see this in season three, starts to feel like she doesn't have stuff to offer to the group because she's just a human. And that, I think, is a, is a big storyline for Xander. They especially bring it up in the episode. Yes, the Lauren Zippo. does have the Gilesy power of exposition. She does things to help Bo, and I think Kenzie does see that because, you know, Lauren gives her the injectors, and I think for some reason through the course of season three, Kenzie just really starts to feel really right. disempowered. And then also, I think another comparison you could make between Kenzie and Xander is that we see in season four of Buffy, there's an episode where she has to take on abilities from her group, from Willow and Xander and Giles, and she becomes sort of this super slayer to defeat Adam. And the element, sort of what Xander provides it to the mix is is like heart and courage and loyalty. And I think you can say that about Bo has Kenzie said that about sure. Kenzie, yes. That Kenzie is her heart. Yes. So Exactly. And Kenzie's very courageous. You know, she as as Dyson notes, she goes into this world of superpowered creatures and manages not to just be scared out of her mind all of the time. You know, she's a very courageous young woman. And then I think another good comparison for Kenzie, because uh, again, very Xandery and persona, as well as sort of this underlying story about her, her humanness and not being superpowered. I, but I think another good comparison you could make for Kenzie to characters on Buffy and would be Dawn. And what I like too is that there's, and, and perhaps this is a bit of a side note, but on Buffy, they actually have sort of a parallel storyline for Xander and Dawn in, in the seventh season. He gives her that speech, that wonderful speech that always makes me tear up a little, where, you know, he, he basically gives her a pep talk about being the human one, being the one without the supernatural powers. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember because it's been a while since I've watched that series. I think ultimately what he tells her is that they see things that other people don't see. Am yes, I correct in because that? Because the, the whole premise leading up to that was that Dawn thought she might be a slayer and or, or a potential slayer and had sort of gotten her hopes up about that and, and was feeling usurped by the other potential slayers in terms of Buffy paying attention to her. And so, so Xander was giving her this pep talk about how they, they see things that the others don't because they are, they are human. And he says, you're not special Dawn, you're extraordinary. And that's where I tear up. Yes, it's a very sweet scene. And, and yeah, and, and, and again, because I think also because of Xander's similarities, we have these similarities. Kinsey has these similarities with Dawn. I think there's some, some obvious ones in that. If, if we think of Bo as kind of the Buffy of Lost Girl, she and Kinsey have a very sisterly relationship. Bo has said that herself that, you know, Kinsey is like her sister. But the, I would say that their relationship isn't quite the same as Buffy and Dawn's because Dawn's much younger than Buffy and it's a lot more big sister, little sister dynamic going on. Well, I think on. part of that is just that they're overall younger than Bo and Kenzie are anyway. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, so not quite the same dynamic, but definitely this very caring sisterly relationship. We see Buffy basically sacrifice herself for Dawn and I think Bo, Bo would do that quite quite easily for Kenzie. And there's also with Kenzie, 
she's kind of the little sister of a lot of the people in the group. And we see Dawn really develop those relationships with different Very people true. on Buffy. Yes. Uh, Tara is, is one of those characters that really forms a strong bond with Dawn. They're both sort of, you know, newer to the group. And of course, I guess we are supposed to believe that they'd always thought Dawn was there, but, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> oh, complicated sci-fi shows or supernatural shows. <laughs> Although what's interesting to me about the Tara and Dawn relationship is like, it's a little bit sisterly, but it's also a little parental. Mm hmm. Yeah, I kind of feel like that relationship between Tara and Dawn is maybe kind of similar to Dyson and Kenzie's relationship because you Dyson's kind of big brotherly, but he's also like very almost fatherly as I could well. Buy I that. Yeah. And I guess another parallel I see between Tara and Dawn's relationship and Kenzie and Dyson's relationship is sort of this idea that it's still there regardless of relationship status. Like we've seen Kenzie and Dyson continue to have a very familial, very caring relationship with each other, even though Bo and Dyson have not been dating for quite some time now. And then we see a similar type of situation on Buffy with Tara and Dawn after Tara and Willow have broken up. Tara really reaches out to Dawn and tries to maintain a relationship after she and Willow have broken up and Tara has moved out of the house. So even though they're not living in quite that same situation that they were at the beginning of season six, Tara still tries to say to Dawn, hey, I'm still there for you. And that storyline very much is played a situation similar to a divorced parent or a separated parent who had to move out of the house, reaching out to the child to make sure they still feel loved and like things weren't their fault. So in that sense, Tara and Will's relationship much more sort of parental than Dyson and Kenzie's, but I still think those two situations have can be compared. And then I feel like Don, because Don develops a really sweet kind of relationship with Spike on the show, and I feel like we saw emergence of that with her relationship with Vex. Kenzie's relationship with Vex in season three kind of reminded me of Spike and Don's interactions a bit. Vex wasn't as fatherly toward Kenzie as as Spike was toward Don, but Maybe it's just because Vex reminds me a lot of Spike, but I I felt like their relationship had more more in common with with Dawn's relationship to Spike. I can see that 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 sort of um, you know the the big bad big bad villain that has shown up and is taking up space in their space and sort of oddly oddly fond of the resident human, the tiny resident human. Well, and I think like. Spike, this is like the first really genuine relationship we've seen between uh, Vex and one of the quote unquote good guys. And I think the same could be said for Spike. Like he has an attraction toward Buffy, but Don is really the first person of the sort of Scooby circle that he really likes and really cares about. You know, he puts up with Xerander, he puts up with Willow, but you know, this is really the first kind of like tender relationship we see Spike have. This is Summers though. Yes, there is Joyce as well. There is Joyce as well, but that's a slightly different, slightly different dynamic. I'm but, just saying. Uh, but again, I feel like, no, you're right. You're right. But it, I think those two relationships kind of serve the same function for those two characters. We see them develop these like older brother type relationships, these evil characters developing a tender relationship with a younger person. And that really helps humanize yes. the character. 
Agreed. So that's our thoughts about some comparisons you could make between Kenzie and characters on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Let us know what you think. Do you think there are other comparisons that you would make? Do you think our comparisons are ridiculous? Let us know. You can leave a comment on the show notes for this episode, episode 23, over at drinksofthedoll.com. Or you could send us an email at feedback at drinksofthedoll.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm so glad you could join us for Drinks at the Doll. And my, my name, name is, is Stephanie. Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. Cheers.